Thank you, worship team. That is one of my favorite songs. And uh, what a blessing uh, to hear that uh, this morning. Uh, I want you to know, uh, come on, how many of you have ever walked into a room and wondered, why did I come in here? Come on. Who, come on. Who's willing, who's willing to, to let, let, let it be known? Awesome. awesome. I'm not alone. So I, I walked up on the platform to do announcements holding this book, and I didn't even talk about this book. And I said, oh my gosh, I took it up there in my hand so I wouldn't forget, and I forgot. I just want you to know that uh, it's been an incredible journey since January that we've been walking through the book of Acts. And, uh, and as we walk through that, we've provided these uh, incredible Acts journals. And if you don't have one yet, we have more that are now available. They're, they're out in the, uh, uh, at the Welcome Center, just outside of the, the sanctuary here. And if you don't have one of these, I want to encourage you to bring it with you on Sundays. If you have to listen online, have it with you. And you can just really, right next to the text, because we are walking verse by verse, by verse, through this incredible book that really speaks to the church. And so now I don't need it anymore, so I'm going to set it over here. And uh, I just want you to know, because it's an incredible journey, and something happens when we hear it, we write it down, we talk about it, we think about it, that it really just begins to penetrate our hearts. I encourage you, we talk uh, often in, in our, uh, our jumpstart class how, how to journal, because journaling just really unlocks the, the word and what God is speaking into our lives. And so as we dive in here today, the title of my message is Flip the script. Flip the script. I don't know if you've ever had a situation get flipped upside down uh, in a moment, uh, something that took place this past Sunday. Pastor Naomi walked us through an incredible transformation that took place in a man's life named Saul. Now, Saul, uh, as you know, the, the huge flip the script moment here is Saul is is an enemy of the believers. He is an enemy of the followers. He is like the chief persecutor. And all of a sudden, he encounters Christ. And now the, the script is literally begun to flip in his life. And now he goes from the, the, the chief prosecutor, the, the one who is out to kill. He is, he is murdering those who are followers of Christ. And now... He is preaching the very gospel that he was persecuting. Come on, that's awesome. Here is a man with high religious standards performing murderous acts. Here is a man who hates Jesus, but he wants to please God who was the Christian's worst nightmare, a, a nightmare. No one wanted to run into him. No one wanted their paths to cross uh, with him. And now suddenly he's become a zealous missionary for the very one that he was persecuting. He was a man who goes from radical persecutor of Jesus' followers 
to the relentless preacher now of the gospel of Jesus Christ. How does that happen? Let me give you the quick answer, the only answer. He met Jesus. He met Jesus. He had an encounter with the living Savior. How many of you can remember the moment that you experienced that salvation moment in your life? What an incredible moment it was. I want you to know that and now as the church moves forward, we, we move forward from this moment in Acts, and as the church moves forward, uh, the persecutor Saul, we saw him dramatically converted by the power of Christ. So this con- conversion happened because he encountered Jesus. He encountered a living Savior whom he did not believe, he did not trust. He wanted, to, he persecuted the followers of Christ in so doing because he wanted to please God. And then this happens regardless, and I want you to know this, regardless of our history, regardless of our past, regardless of the things that have happened in our life, here we know God's grace has brought salvation And we have a story worth telling. I want you to know that you have a story worth telling today. So many times we we experience Christ, the goodness, and we share with certain people, but we don't declare it to the whole world. I want you to know today that your life matters. Jesus Christ did something amazing in your life, and he did it for a reason. He did it so that your story could empower and impact others. I I was listening to worship this morning and I was sitting there and and we're doing blessed assurance and this is my story. And I was like, oh man, I'm going to be talking about that. Don't you love it when that happens? This is my story. This is my song. You have a story worth telling. What's your conversation? What's your conversion story? What's, what's the, the, the things that are on your heart? What are the things that you talk about with other people? I, I wonder, what's your conversion story? I, I know that in this room, there's probably those that you can't even remember. It was so long ago when you gave your life to the Lord. Or, or maybe it was not full of drama. It was just a, a moment you decided and, and, and those things. But come on, how many of you know we love a story that has a little drama, right? Like, like when, when that radical gets converted. I, I remember going to, to high school, and uh, there was a, a, a dude who was just pure evil. Anybody go to school with someone like that? He's awful, mean, mean to people, didn't want to be around him. I didn't know him. I just stayed far away from him. Went to a public school uh, growing up for most of my life. My last couple of years, I went to a Christian school. Uh, the school was actually associated with my youth group. So uh, there was that. But growing up, I went to uh, Bryant Junior High. I went to Dearborn High uh, down in Dearborn, Michigan. And there was this dude who was just, he was, he was ruthless. He was mean. Uh, he, he, he had a mouth on him. And one day he came to our youth group. And I didn't invite him. 
I didn't want him there. Like, uh, that dude, uh-uh. What's he doing here? Then all of a sudden, some things began to change. All of a sudden, things happened. And how many of you know, I was very, very skeptical. I didn't go up to him and go, dude, it's so glad. I'm so glad to see you here. I should have done that, right? I was a sophomore. Man, I, I was not even comfortable in my own skin. I, I didn't know what to think, what to do, how to act and react. All I knew is I stay away from that guy, and now he's here, but God did a work in his life, and he began to come to youth group, and then uh, we had a little bit in common because he played basketball and I played basketball, and so all of a sudden, we, we, we started to connect and have a relationship, and, and all of a sudden, this guy that I thought was one way, I got to peel back the layers and see what was deep down in his heart and in his life and what made him tick, and then you want to know what he did? He started a Bible study in his home and started inviting other people to come to the Bible study, and he invited me to come to the Bible study. Talk about flip the script, right? Like, dude, you're my hero. What? We went, and I remember being in his living room. There was probably eight or nine of us in that room, and presence of the Lord showed up. We read the word. We prayed. We prayed for our friends. We prayed for people. And my, that, that script got flipped upside down. I want you to know something amazing happens in our lives and it can happen to you today. Just as Saul is traveling in this moment, he sees Jesus with his own eyes. He sees the Savior. He sees Jesus in this moment. This is the Jesus who died for you and I, who rose again, who ascended to heaven. Now he has this face-to-face -face encounter with him. And it's powerful. It's, it's amazing. This is what happens. A bright light shines, and, and all of a sudden, this, this light just begins to permeate, and, and, and he is blinded, and, and he has this encounter with the Lord, and those around him fall and, and stumble, and all of a sudden, Saul has this miracle moment, which we talked about last Sunday, and this moment takes place, and here he is. Now the script has been flipped. And he is going to begin pursuing, and the Lord calls him and begins to call him to himself and says, I have a plan, I have a purpose, I have something for you to accomplish. I want you to know that a hallmark for the church, this church, for Grace Valley Church, for God's church, for the church as it should be around the world, a hallmark of the church and the kingdom of God is that we love not only our friends, but our enemies. I mean, you know, that's not so easy, is it? I, I don't know about you, but if you look in the story earlier, we, uh, a, a man is introduced. His name is Ananias. I, I feel for Ananias. 
The Lord came and, and shown himself to Ananias, and, and there Ananias, he tells him, I want you to go, and I want you to seek out this man from Tarsus, this guy named Saul, and, and, and I want you to go and, and witness to him and be there because it's already been set up. That he saw you in a vision, and that's when the scales are going to come up. And, and, and Ananias is like, hold up, dude. That's the guy who, you, who is out to kill us. Saul was actually searching for Ananias and the followers of Jesus, and he was going there to persecute. He had been given authority to find anyone who was following Jesus and drag them out, stone them, or imprison them, or do whatever he felt necessary in that moment. That is Saul, and Jesus is saying, go, go meet him, go talk to him. I have a plan, and I have a purpose for his life. And here's what I think. Ananias did something very just for me, very impactful because his life was on the line with this decision. He chose to follow the voice of the Lord and do what he said. He was obedient to the voice, even though he knew that this man had the power to kill him. How many of you know you better hear from, you better be real clear. This is one of those God, I think I heard you, but could you please send me a letter three days in a row? No, I'm just kidding. Give me some sort of sign. And Ananias knew of Damascus. Ananias of Damascus knew the voice of the Lord, and he went. And here he is approaching an enemy of God. And we pick up our story in Acts chapter 9. Verse 19 says this, For some days he was with the disciples at Damascus, and immediately he proclaimed Jesus in the synagogues. Would you all just say that word with me, immediately? Saul immediately begins to share in the synagogue, saying, He is the Son of God. And all who heard him were amazed and said, is this not the man who made havoc, havoc for us, who, who created problems for us, who's been persecuting us in Jerusalem and for all who called on his name? And has he not come here for this purpose, to bring them bound before the chief priests? But Saul increased all the more in strength. And he confounded the Jews. I love that. He grew in strength and he confounded the Jews who lived in Damascus by proving that Jesus was the Christ. What an incredible... I was going to say 360, but that's not it. It's a 180 that he created in his life. Here we see that, that these are out, they, they're, sus, they're a little suspect of this man. They don't really know, did, does he really, has he really had a heart change? Or is he just a spy trying to find out who we are, those who follow the Lord? And here it goes on to tell us in verse 23. It says this, when many days had passed, the Jews plotted to kill him. Now, I want you to take note, the Jews, 
the Jews plotted to kill him. But their plot became known to Saul. They were watching the gates day and night in order to kill him. But his disciples, his disciples were amazing. They, the, his disciples, and in another passage, it says his followers. Oh, I love that. You want to know why I love that? Here he is. He just has an encounter with Christ. He immediately begins to tell others about him. And he already has people who are following the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. There are already converts who say, wow, I need to put my faith, my hope, my trust in you. His followers took him by night and let him down through an opening in the wall lowering him in a basket. Now, their cities were not like our cities. In our city, we can go, probably you could pick any direction and you'll find a road in and out of your city. It's going to be coming in and out. In those days, uh, they built walls around their cities. And there was usually just one way, one gate in and out. Some might have two, one in the, one, you know, one side of the city, one on the other side, but most just had one way to go in and out. And, and here Saul learns of this plot to kill him, plot, his disciples hear about it. The guards are watching the gate day and night. He is trapped in this city. And so here's what they do. His disciples, his followers, guess what? It, the Bible doesn't tell us their name. The Bible doesn't tell us who they were. It doesn't give us their background. It doesn't tell us what, what took place. Here's what we do know that was taking place in the city. In that moment, in that city, there was something called a curfew. And if you broke curfew, you didn't get a slap on the wrist. You could be put to death. So these men put their life on the line to sneak to a place where there was a window to put him in a basket and to lower him down. They didn't get him halfway down and say, hey, that's far enough, let go. Someone might be coming, let go. Someone, something, I don't know if we can go further. All of a sudden, here he is in this moment, his followers lower him out and he is saved and he begins his journey. Do you realize something? All the incredible things when Saul later becomes Paul and writes the New Testament, writes the epistles, writes to the churches, does so many of these things. None of that could have happened. It, it may have been stopped if it weren't for some faithful people holding on to a rope and letting him down, letting him out, letting, leading him to safety. I don't know about you. Maybe you've got some people in your life who are holding the rope for you. I ask you, who are you holding the rope for? Who are you encouraging? Who are you coming alongside? Who are you helping to win and to have victories and, and overcome life and, and all of those things? I really believe that in life, each and every one of us need to have ourselves surrounded with people who say, you know what? I will hold the rope for you. I, I, will, I will, when things get tough, I will be here for you. And in another set, setting, we need to understand there are probably people in our lives that we need to hold the rope for. None of this would have taken place. The gospels, all the things that were written, had he been caught in this moment. But his followers let him down in a basket. The, the story goes on in Acts chapter 28. It says, and when he had come to Jerusalem, now he has come to Jerusalem. He got out of the window. He's come to Jerusalem. He attempted to join the disciples, and they were all 
afraid of him. They felt like me in those early days, in that moment. He felt they were afraid of him. They did not believe him. They didn't believe that, that he was a disciple. But Barnabas, oh, thank goodness for Barnabas. Barnabas comes alongside. Barnabas steps up. And here we see Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles and declared to them on the road that he had seen the Lord. They tell him the, the, the testimony who spoke of him and how at Damascus he preached boldly in the name of Jesus. So he went in and out among them at Jerusalem, preaching boldly in the name of the Lord. And he spoke and disputed against the Hellenists. Now, I don't know about you. You see that word and you might go, oh, I, I have one of those in my life. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm married. To no, no, that's not what that is. That is not what a Hellenist was. A, a Hellenist was a, was a Jew who didn't speak Aramaic, but they spoke the language of Greece, and, and they spoke Greek. And so they were a Greek Jew. Uh, they were a Jew, but they spoke a different language versus the Hebrew Jews who, who understood and, and spoke Aramaic. So it was just a different culture with the word for us today that we go, oh, no, 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 no. I got one of those in my life. And you see in this verse, but they were seeking to kill him. So maybe they were Hellenists. I don't know. Maybe they were bad, you know. Here they are, these people in this moment who were now seeking to kill Saul. They are seeking to take his life. And when the brothers learned this, they brought him down to Caesarea and sent him off to Tarsus. Acts 9.31, so the church throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria had peace and was being built up and walking in the fear of the Lord and the comfort of the Holy Spirit and it multiplied. I love that. So now the church begins to multiply. It begins to take place. It begins to happen. All of a sudden, good things are taking place in, in, uh, in, in the kingdom, and, and, and the church is moving forward. I want you to know that you have a story to tell. This was a story that was taking place. This is happening. This is the story that is about to transpire and take place. As we understand that and we see that and we experience that in our lives, I want you to know that God's grace is for you today. He knows everything that you have ever done. He knows all the bad things, all the good things, all the hidden things, all the things that we think nobody else even knows. And that same grace that was afforded to Saul, I want you to know that it is for you and I today as well. The grace and love of Christ in our lives can still change the persecutor, can still change the persecutor of Christians as he did with Saul, who later became Paul, I want you to know that it can still change the vilest sinner and give them hope. There is hope in the name of Jesus Christ. He brings hope to you and I today. My question is, what is your story? What is your story? What, what is it about you that, that, that your conversion, what is it that you have, have had take place uh, in your life that's worth telling? 
that's worth sharing, that's worth being a part of the kingdom of God. Did you know that the Navy has, I think it's somewhere over 700 ships in something that they call the Mothball Army, uh, excuse me, the Mothball Navy? These are ships that are in ports all around the world and they don't do anything. They maintain them, they keep them up, they keep them from rusting, they, they keep them, it's kind of in this mothball state, should we need them, that we can kind of put them into uh, existence. They are very costly, they're expensive, and they do nothing. Did you know, sadly, in the kingdom of God, uh-oh, where's he going with this? We have churches all across the world, all across America, who are filled with mothball Christians. Followers of Christ who are sitting on the sideline, who, 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 who sit there, come in week after week, day after day. They come in, and, and in that moment, they, 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 they're here, and that's awesome. But I want you to understand, if you heard from a pastor, if you ask pastors across America, what's the most frustrating thing? It's helping in people to understand that God's got a call in their life, that he's got a purpose for them, that he, that he wants to reach people that nobody else can reach except for you. But instead, we just kind of sit in that mothball state. And I believe that God has not given us a salvation story, a conversion story. He didn't come down to just set us free, deliver us and heal us so that we could say, that was cool. That's awesome. And go about our way. I believe that he is calling the church to rise up, to speak, to have a voice. Come on. Let's not be mothball Christians. Amen. Let's not be mothball Christians. Mothball Christians are, you know, it's kind of interesting. They, 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 in that moment where they have need, there's, there's time and there's energy. But I want you to know that God has called you. He has a purpose for you. He has a story that he has put in your life that nobody else can tell. You can't tell my story and I can't tell your story. There are people who need to hear your story. There are people in your family. There are people in your homes. There are people in your uh, places of work and school and education that need to know. I want you to know that when we experience Christ. He flips the script in our lives and he gives us what we didn't even know we had. Even Jesus himself tells us in Mark 10, 48, he said, Jesus said, he said this, for even the son of man did not come to serve, to be served, but to serve as a ransom for many. Even Jesus came to this earth to serve you and I. He is calling us to serve. I want you to know this. God wants everyone that has ever been saved, anyone who has ever come to know Jesus Christ as their person, personal Savior, God wants everyone that he has saved to serve him right where he 
put you. Did you know he's going to give you some circumstances? He's going to give you some situations that arise, and they're going to be actually pretty amazing when you trust him and you walk with him through those things. I believe that God has a purpose for the church, and today is the day that we as a church begin to flip the script in our lives. We don't just sit. We don't just talk. We share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Paul, Saul, he hasn't become Paul yet. Saul begins this transformation. And I just want to give you five quick things as we close here today. Five quick things that Saul did that you and I can do to help us move from, from wherever we are today to understanding that God has a plan for our life and he has a purpose and he's going to bring people across our path so that we can share the gospel with them. The first thing that we see Saul do, as soon as he became, uh, had this encounter, we know that he immediately, everybody say immediately, immediately began to share about what Christ had done in his life. And in the same way, I think that you and I want to immediately begin sharing about what Christ has done for you. Tell people, share with people, Tell them the good things that he has done. When someone's going through a difficulty that you've already gone through, what an incredible opportunity to say, wait a minute, I've been there. I've walked that path and I know what my God can do. He is alive. He does miracles. This is my story. I hope it helps you. I want you to know something. We look at, at Saul uh, and, and who became Paul. And we go, wow, this guy must have had it all together. He must have just been incredible. Uh, the, the, the zeal, the boldness, all of the things that he had. I want you to know that at first, Saul didn't have it all together. This passage of scripture tells us in verse 22, says that he kept getting stronger. He kept getting stronger. That means he was growing. He was developing. He was doing things that, that caused him to grow. He knew the word he knew scripture, he had studied it, but now it was literally coming alive to him. Great D.L. Moody said this, if you don't go to work for the Lord because you're afraid of making mistakes, you will probably make the greatest mistake of your life, that of doing nothing. Too many times in our lives, we become so concerned and so, so focused on what we have to do to get by and to succeed in this life that we have been given. And I know life is precious. It really is. It's only given once. You and I are appointed to live once and to die once. And that is it. We have one chance. I don't know about you, but I don't think there's a greater way to spend our lives than in service of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I didn't get a hand clap on that one. I know. That's okay. You see, something happens, and, 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 and I, I didn't even mean that in that way. I just, I just want you to know that it's really, I, I find it amazing that we contemplate those things because 
We understand and know the world that we live in, it demands a lot of a man. It demands a lot of a woman. It demands a lot of a family. There are demands everywhere. And I just know this, that as we grow in him here at Grace Valley Church, as we come together and we worship and we seek his face and we want to create ways to make him known all around the world, there will be many, many things that will try to distract us, that will keep us that will tie us down, that will make us so busy that we are unable to accomplish what God wants to accomplish in our lives, in us and through us. I want you to know one of the greatest things, if you're a mom and dad in this room, one of the greatest things that you can do for your children is for them to know and understand the greatest thing that we could ever do is to serve the Lord. It's to serve him. But when we allow the world and we allow life and we allow all the other busy things, everything else is more important. Oh, it's free. Now we can do something because all of the other things have been exhausted. Do you know what we do? We teach them to live selfishly. We teach them to live that it's all about them. We teach them to live. Welcome to Grace Valley Church. You're like, dang. Welcome to Grace Valley. I want you to know we love you. We love your family. We want your family to grow in the goodness and the graciousness of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we want you and your children to experience him. We want you to know that there is hope in Jesus. Does that mean we forsake our family for everything that God has called? Just the opposite. We serve him as a family. We serve him as Children of God. Amen? The second thing we need to do, first thing is immediately. I want you to know if God has touched your life, if he has done something great for you, tell somebody about it. Tell them. The second thing that we need to do as a church and as followers of Christ, we need to take time to deepen the roots that we have in the Lord. We need to deepen our roots. We need to read the word. We need to pour over the word. We need to bump shoulders with some awesome men and women. We need to be together and get together and grow together. Take time to deepen your roots with the Lord. You see, Saul did this. Saul studied the word. He went to school. He was educated. He knew all about the scriptures. But something happened when his life was transformed. And he realized now that Jesus was the fulfillment of all of those things. All of a sudden, it started to become life. Is there anyone in the room that you started to read the word and it's like the, page, the, the, word, the, the word of God, the words just began to leap off the page. It became life to you. It became so good, so much so that you just couldn't stop. I pray that we develop a hunger for his word as, as we understand Saul, study, he prepared. He did all the things that he needed to do in that way because all of a sudden it just became a life to him. He took time to deepen his roots further. Now, not just with the knowledge of the word, but he experienced the word. May we experience the power of the word of God in our lives again today. Here's the other thing that Paul faced and we need to prepare ourselves. If you step out to do anything great for the Lord, if you begin to speak out and share, and, and how many of you know that's probably not 
a real popular thing to do is to talk about the Lord with people who don't know him. Have, have you ever had a difficult conversation with someone? And, and it's kind of like, you know, that, that, that tough, like, well, I don't want to offend anyone. I, I, don't, I don't know if I should. I don't know uh, what, what to say. I want you to know that as you step out, this place that we call an earthly home, this place, an earthly home, this earth, this world, this globe that we live in, let me just tell you, it's going to be in turmoil until the Lord comes back. There will be those who scream for peace, peace, we want peace. Peace is good. Peace is wonderful. But there is something that is stirring on this planet. And I believe that God is stirring his people and his church to come alive with the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it comes from you and I as we are rooted in his word. Because if we are not, we will be swayed one way or the other. We will be swayed by our emotions. We'll be swayed by our feelings. I want you to know that emotions and feelings, they're there, nothing wrong with them. But we have to be so deeply rooted in who the Lord is in our lives that nothing will shake us. And we need to be prepared to face opposition. You will face opposition and, and, and even rejection from those on the outside Sadly, as well as those on the inside. Can we talk for real for just a couple moments? You see, Saul experienced persecution from those on the outside, the Jewish Hellenists who were persecuting, they were searching, they were seeking to kill him. He also sought, found difficulty with those on the inside. The Bible says that even the disciples and the apostles kind of shook their, like, whoa, wait a minute. Whoa, what does that mean? Hold on, I don't know if he really means what he says. And good old Barnabas steps up and says, no, I was with him. I watched him. He preached, he shared. God has done something miraculous in his life. And too many times we understand. We understand the world. They might not understand those that we encounter day to day. They might not understand. They might, might man, give us some grief or, or whatever they may say. But I want you to know there is nothing that they can say. Words, those words, they cannot penetrate the heart of someone who is following and walking with Christ. You want to know what hurts the worst? It hurts the worst when those words come from the people within our circle. They come from within the church. It was kind of like me being skeptical of my friend. Oh, we'll see. I'll see how he acts at, church, or at school. Oh, wow, he came. Yeah, sure. Let's see how he is. And sometimes we're so quick to dismiss the work of God in someone's life. We're so quick to, to cast water or cold water on whatever it is. I want you to know, no matter what your story is, maybe you've known the Lord all of your life. Maybe you came to know the Lord when you were a young person. Maybe you came to know the Lord when you were sitting in a prison cell. I want you to know that the story that God has given you, today is a day that we need to be willing to share. I think God wants to flip the script on what's happening in the world today. And he wants to usher in an incredible move of his spirit across this globe. And as followers of Christ, understanding there will be persecution, 
There will be days of difficulty, but our God walks through the fire. We don't walk alone. He doesn't put us out here to to tread water and just make it somehow in our own strength. You and I have the power of God. So I believe as the church, number four, we should be quick to come alongside other believers, to encourage them, to validate them, to help them experience the gifts of God in their lives. We should be quick to come alongside of them. We should be quick to validate them. We should be quick to encourage them in every area of their life. And finally, number five, we should build one another up in the Lord. And we should continue to reach out with the gospel of Jesus Christ. I believe the word tells us very clearly. He gives us a charge and a command. He says, go. It says, go and do likewise. Go and do likewise. Church, this story of Saul The script gets flipped. This man who persecuted believers is now speaking and sharing all the great things that have happened. I want you to know something today. The same God who could flip the script in Saul's life, his dealing with salvation, I want you to know that in the same way, our God has the power today to flip the script in the hardest of hearts, in the most lowly of lows. God has the ability to reach down and to touch and to change your life, your situation, your home, your family, your friends, people that you thought never, never, never. I believe the day is coming when we begin to see God move and turn the hearts of men back to him. How many of you can't wait to see that? I want that. How many of you want that today? I want that. Maybe you're here today. I need God to flip the script. My story, it needs to take a turn. I have been running after the wrong things. I have been chasing after my own dreams. I've been doing all the things that I thought I was supposed to be doing, but it's empty. It's, it, 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 it's leaving me breathless. And today I need God to flip the script on my story And I want my story, my script to be led by the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. If that is you here today, right where you're seated, you say, Pastor Kurt, when you pray, would you pray for me? You might not even know what it is or what's going on, but you've got something happening in your life that you need God to flip the script. Maybe it's in your relationship with him. Maybe it's in a circumstance or situation. But if you're here today and you need God to flip the script, I want to pray specifically for you. Would you just lift your hand all across if that's you, across this room you need, whatever you need him to do. Yeah, come on, hold it high. 
hold it high. I'm going to pray for you specifically in just a few moments. You could put your hands down. You see, I believe that the Lord can touch and change the people in our lives, and many times He uses us to do it. Maybe God's got to do a change in us before He can do a change in someone else. Does that make sense? Somehow, Lord, we need to have the right heart. We need to have the right motivation. We need to have the right thoughts and feelings in our lives about this. But I want to ask you this here this morning, and then we'll pray. If you're here this morning, and you need the Lord to flip the script in one of your loved one's hearts. If you have someone that is near and dear to you this morning, would you dare to reach out and call upon the name of the Lord for their salvation? Maybe you have a prodigal son. Maybe you have a prodigal daughter. Maybe you have a family that is away from the Lord. Today is a day that we can call out on the name of Jesus and ask him to do a work in their lives. If you're here today and you say, Pastor Kurt, I want to pray. I've got some people in my life very close to me and I want the Lord to touch their lives. I want them to come to know him. I want their lives to be flipped upside down like Saul. I need God to move on their behalf and to speak and to draw them. If you desire for God to touch their heart and their life, would you just lift your hand right now? In fact, I'm just going to invite you. If you have your hand raised right now, would you just stand to your feet right where you're at? Maybe just stand all across this room. If that's you, would you just lift your hands to the Lord and begin to cry out on their behalf. Just begin to ask God. Today, we are going to ask God to do some big things. We're going to ask him to flip the script in our own lives, in our own circumstance. We're going to ask God to flip the script in, in some of our family and our loved ones. We're going to ask him to move mountains that we thought could never move. We thought there's no way they could. There's no way this could happen. I want you to know that the same God who flipped the script in Saul's life is here today and he can revolutionize your family, your home, your life. He has a call and a purpose and a plan for you today. I want to pray over you. And when I get done saying this prayer, we're just going to take a few moments. If you need to leave after this prayer, God bless you. Have an awesome day. We'll look forward to seeing you next Sunday. We love worshiping together with you. But when I get done saying amen, if you have a few moments, I would love to open this altar for us to lay our loved ones down and before the Lord say, God, I am coming to you today. God, do whatever you need to do in my home, my family, in their life. I want to bring this need and this person to your feet and lay them down in Jesus' name all across this room. Let's lift our hands to the King of Kings. If you have someone that you need to, to, to him to touch and for him to change, for him to give you the boldness, whatever it is, God, we pray in 
in this moment right now that you would flip the script in our lives. God, I pray for those who raise their hand, who need you to step into their life, who need you to step into their situation. God, I pray by your power and your spirit, you would flip the script today in Jesus' name. And Lord, we call upon your name, the only name by which we may be saved. God, I pray for those loved ones right now. God, I ask that you will touch them. God, I pray that you would do a miraculous thing in their life, that they would have an encounter with you. God, that your light would shine upon them. God, that you would speak life to them and their world would be flipped upside down in the name of Jesus, that they would reverse course, that they would seek you with all of their heart and all of their life. Father, we pray for our loved ones right now. God, we ask you to save them. We ask you to flip the script in their life. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone in this room said, can we give the Lord praise together today? Come on. He is worthy. If you need to go, God bless you. Have an amazing week. If you would like to call upon the name of the Lord, Pastor Kelly and the team are going to lead us in worship. These altars are open, and I encourage you to come and to step out and say, God, here I am. I'll bring these, pe- these loved ones to you in Jesus' name. Altars are open.